You're listening to Illini Life Audio, messages from a community of Christian believers on the campus of University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. For more audio and video content, visit IlliniLife.org. Good morning. As I said, I'm Nick. I'm the pastor here in Illini Life. You've seen my face up there on the screen. Um, Here I am in color. Uh, (laughs) This is the time in our service where we get to do a Bible study together. And if you've not heard me say this, you are going to hear me say it a lot of times. I love this part of our week. I love getting to dig into the word of God with you and see what he has for us. I hope during your time with us here in Illini Life that you will grow in your love for encountering the Lord through his word. I love that this is a part of our weekly rhythm. I love that we get a chance to study it together in small groups. I hope you did that this week. You joined a small group and looked at our passage It's so encouraging that we get to look at the passage ahead of time and come let our hearts be prepared for our time of worship together and our Bible study together on Sundays. So dive into a small group. Let's get a chance to be shaped by uh, the scripture as we we prepare for Sunday worship each week. Well, if if you've been with us in the past weeks, and if you're new, I'll frame it in, uh, you know we're in the middle of our series working through the gospel of Mark. We're going to be here most of the semester, as we've warned you. We encourage you to read the Gospel of Mark multiple times if you can. Uh, Each week, we're taking a chance to take a look at a snapshot of Jesus' ministry, a passage from the Gospel of Mark. And we're we're, we're asking the Lord to challenge us to be more like Jesus, with Jesus, and for Jesus. Right? To be shaped in our actions, our thoughts, and our beliefs as we look at Scripture. And that's what I believe is going to happen this morning. So I believe it's been happening each week as we've gathered. You know, all along we've been saying, right, the gospel of Mark is a great place for us to focus on this this task because it gives us this snapshot after snapshot of Jesus' ministry, all while begging the question, who is Jesus? And how does answering that question change us, right? Who is Jesus is the question Mark wants us to wrestle with, that he wants us to conclude as we read his gospel. He wants us to conclude Jesus is Messiah. He's the one that saves us. It's the most important question we have to answer. It's worth our time. It's worth most of the semester for us to dig into. In today's passage, we're going to see more of who Jesus is. Today's passage, we're going to see Jesus. He is greater than the Old Testament prophets, right? He's he's the one that can provide only like God can provide. That he is the good shepherd, the compassionate and gentle shepherd. That's what we're seeing in our passage. And as we turn to it, I want us to think about a question, though. Jesus is the one who can provide like only God can provide. What are the areas you need provision in your life? Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you are just over your head, right? Some of you are like, yeah, I'm here as a student, right? <laughs> that was me during my undergrad, right? Uh, have you ever had a time where you were presented with a problem, you just had no idea how to solve this, right? And you're like, yeah, I, I took differential equations, right? Uh, yeah. Has somebody ever came to you with a need that you just did not know how to help with? You felt you didn't have the resources, you were inadequate in being able to have compassion or, or step into that need with them. And if you're like me, when you hear these questions, you think, yeah, that's my life, Nick. That's where I live. This is where I live, actually, in this space of inadequacy, of feeling my limits. And many of you uh, know I have uh, two kids, a two-month-old and a, a four-and-a-half-year-old, and, a and uh, often... Someone cries out in the middle of the night, and I'm exhausted, and I wonder, how am I going to do this, right? How am I going to get a drink 
help a, a kid get tucked back in bed, change a diaper, feeling the limits of exhaustion, of lack of sleep. You know, sometimes people come to me and they need counsel, they need care, and I, and I just don't, I'm up against deadlines and competing, uh, you know, needs that are in my life, and I wonder, Lord, how will I have the energy to do it all today? Or what will I have the energy to do today? I'm presented with challenging situations over the past years where I had no idea how we should move forward as a church, how I should move forward as a pastor or as a husband, as a father. I imagine all of us have found ourselves in situations like this. Situations where we knew we just didn't have what it takes to get to the end. We've all been over our heads. We've all struggled to know how to make progress. Today in our passage, that's the place the disciples find themselves. That's the place that Jesus' disciples are at in our passage. And the answer, the response to it, is Jesus shows them He is the one that provides. He invites them to life with him because life with Jesus is life with the one who abundantly provides. Life with Jesus is life with one that provides for all we need and all we find lacking in ourselves. Life with Jesus is life with God who provides for our needs, spiritually and physically. That's what we're going to see this morning. That's what I want us to see as we unpack this passage. So if you have a Bible, you can open it up. Uh, I generally teach from the ESV. If that's helpful to follow along, we generally put verses on the screen. But turn to Mark chapter 6. That's where we're at. Uh, We're going to pick up in verse 30. And we're going to take this in about three portions this morning. So let's read. Mark chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now, many saw them going and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When they went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So the disciples, they return to Jesus after he has sent them out two by two to go and call the people, to teach the people, call them to repent, to cast out demons and to heal, to do the work of the kingdom, to do the work of Jesus. And they return and they're excited and they come back and they tell Jesus all about it, right? It's like when my four-year-old comes home from school and there's just everything that happened from the day, right? Jesus, this is what we did. This is what we saw, right? And Jesus, he sees them. He sees their need. He sees that they have poured themselves out in service. He sees their need for rest. He sees them and he invites them. Come, come away with me to a desolate place. Come get your rest in me. He invites them to find the rest and be refreshed in him as they retreat. Come be with Jesus and be filled again after you've poured yourself out is the invite. And so, right, they... they, they welcome it. They hop in a boat. They, they head across the Sea of Galilee. And Mark tells us, right, the crowds they see and they run ahead. They're like, ah, we see where they're going. Now this is probably not, uh, it might be surprising. The Sea of Galilee is not that big. This could easily be done, especially if there isn't a lot of wind. So this boat wouldn't have been moving very fast. So the crowd followed them. And they get there. No longer is this a desolate place. It's a crowded place, right? 
This is a place, it's not going to be a refreshing retreat for Jesus and the disciples. It's business as usual, right? Ministering to the crowd with not even a moment to eat. People coming and going, Mark tells us. Now I know if it were me, if I were one of the disciples, I'd be struggling at this moment. I'd be feel, I thought we were getting rest, Jesus. What is going on? I'd be wondering, will there ever be a break, right? Will, will I ever get that sleep? Will I ever find my rest? The crowds, they're just too much. The needs unending, the people always present. I thought we were retreating. Yet Jesus, that's not how he responds, is it? It's quite the opposite. Jesus responds very differently. Mark tells us he saw the crowd and had compassion on them, didn't he? He saw them and had compassion because they were sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them again. Jesus has just left a crowd. He's been teaching them. They've been coming and going. They've been hearing from him. He's retreating with his inner circle to get rest. The crowd follows him and he sees their need. Their need for a shepherd, for one to care for them spiritually, to teach them, to guide them, to reveal God to them, to be with them. And he meets that need. He doesn't find rest. He meets their spiritual need and teaches them. See, the crowd, they hungered for Jesus' teaching. They hungered so much, they pursued him on foot. They ran around the shore just to be with Jesus. And he responds and he continues teaching. You see, all of us, all of us have spiritual needs, needs for rest, needs for encountering Jesus. We all have a hunger spiritually in our lives that only Jesus can fill. Only Jesus could provide the rest the disciples truly needed. Only Jesus could provide the teaching and shepherding the crowd needed. We all need to find our rest in Jesus. We have a need to know God more deeply, to experience him in our lives, and Jesus is the way forward to that spiritual need. Life with Jesus is life with one who can meet that spiritual need, and he longs to do so for us. Come away with me to a desolate place and find your rest is the invite. Let us find our needs met in Jesus. Let us... Find our spiritual answers in Jesus, just as the disciples did, just as the crowd did. Now, the passage continues on, though. It didn't, doesn't stop there. Now, we continue on our passage and see how it unfolds. Next, we're going to see the disciples point out the very obvious, right? <laughs> They're the masters of the obvious in so many ways. And, and to, to, their, to their observation, Jesus gives them a baffling command. Let's read. Picking back up in 35. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And then they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. So Jesus has been teaching the crowd. He had compassion. He taught them for a long time. 
been teaching for a while. And the disciples come with, to point out the obvious. Hey, Jesus, we're in a desolate place. That's where we aimed for, right? There's no towns, no cities around. It's going to be a, a long journey. Send these people away. It's getting late. Let them go find food and shelter for the evening. It's getting late. Someone needs to break up the party. Come on, Jesus. Let's get on with it. Send these people off to dinner and bed. The day should be done. Right? I mean, this makes perfect sense to me. You may have experienced this in breaking bread or any other times we've had meals around as a church. If you're around me and it becomes mealtime and there is not movement towards the meal, I get antsy, right? What is going on, right? Like, why are we not eating? Why is there not a plan? When are we going to eat, right? There's something that needs to happen. My stomach, it needs food. It's clearly mealtime, right? They need to eat soon. And, and food's not around. They're in a desolate place. So they're pointing out the obvious. Now, whatever motivated the disciples to point this out, whether it's their own hunger, whether it's care for the people, or, or just wanting them to disperse so they can have their rest, who knows? Who knows what really motivated them? Mark doesn't tell us. But either way, the, the, the disciples realize it's late and these people need to eat. Send them away to go take care of themselves. And Jesus' response is, no, you take care of them. You give them food. You give them something to eat. You provide the meal. You see the need, meet it. Don't just complain. Do something about it. Lean in. Participate. Be a part of the solution. To which the disciples, again, very understandably, right, react and like, should we go buy bread? It's going to cost more than 200 days worth of work. Like, I can't, we can't feed all these people, right? And Jesus asked them, what do you have? Check. Go see what you have. What resources are available to you? And they check, and, and it's five loaves and two, brat, uh, two fish, right? Probably enough to feed the 12 of them and 13 of them that they were planning to be alone on their retreat. So Jesus allows the disciples, the point here is Jesus allows the disciples to see the need. He allows them to see the physical need of the crowd. They're hungry. They're going to need to eat soon. There's no food present. And as they present that need to Jesus, to disband the crowd, to have them go meet their own needs, to take care of themselves, Jesus instead invites them in. He invites them to be part of the solution, to participate, to meet the need themselves. You feed them. And it's an impossible task. There's no way around it. It's impossible, and they see that. It's made even more clear when they take stock of what actual resources they have. We only have five loaves and two fish, Jesus. How's this going to work? What, how are we supposed to do that? It's a massive crowd. And that's why I want us to think about that question. Because they're in over their heads, aren't they? It's an impossible problem for them to solve. And sometimes that's the way of life with Jesus. Sometimes we are in over our heads. Sometimes life is just too complicated for us to find the way forward. Sometimes we're allowed to see the needs all around us and we're called to step in and care for them without really able, without really having the full resources to do so. We're forced to come face to face with our inadequacy to do anything to solve the problem. I only have five loaves and two fish, Jesus. And sometimes it might look like having a bitter disagreement with a friend and wondering, how am I going to reconcile this? How am I going to get over this anger? How are we ever going to see eye to eye again? Maybe, maybe it's raising funds for a missions trip, leading through a, a 
a major uh, issue in your life. Maybe it's a hard breakup. Maybe it's finding words to share Jesus with your classmate. How will I do that? I want to. How do I do it? We all come face to face with the needs around us and wonder how we can meet them at times. Sometimes life with Jesus allows us to see a need that we can't meet. We can't meet it in our own strength, but we can with Jesus. We see that we are lacking, but he is not. And we need him to step in and be present. We need him to make what we have be enough. And that's just what he's going to do. Let's finish out our passage this morning and see the miraculous feeding of 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. Two fish. I'm going to pick back up in verse 39. Let's read. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they, so they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. 5,000 men. Jesus shows up and provides. He shows up and provides abundantly. He instructs the crowd, sit down on the green grass in groups. He looks up to heaven. He offers a blessing. He breaks the bread and the disciples distribute it. Everyone present eats and is satisfied. The provision is abundant. So abundant, there are 12 basketfuls of leftovers. 12 baskets so that each disciple could gather up a basketful and remember Jesus miraculously meeting the needs of the crowd. Remembering what Jesus did. Now, I don't know where you sit in terms of accepting the miraculous. Some people are very uncomfortable with it. They suggest, people have suggested that this is little more than Jesus carefully dividing each loaf into a thousand pieces and each fish into tiny bites so that each person could have a little, right? The problem with this theory, right, is that it completely ignores the text, right? Mark, based on his eyewitness account of, with, from Peter, who's there, present at this miracle, tells us everyone ate and was satisfied. There were 12 baskets of leftovers, right? Unless this is Tolkien's Elvis, Elvin Lumbus bread, there's no way anybody had a tiny bite and felt satisfied, right? There is no way. <laughs> there's no way that the remnants of five loaves and two fish could fill 12 baskets, right? It's just not possible. The text is clear. This isn't some trick. It isn't easily explained away if you're biased against miracles. In fact, I, I think the text is clear what happened here. It was a miracle. And you know what? I don't even think the crowd was that surprised that the Messiah would act this way. I don't think they were that blown away because God has done it before many times. This is a pattern God has used before. Remember with me. Remember back to the Old Testament. Remember Israel wandering in the desert. God called them out of Egypt and they wandered in the desert. And God provided for them. He provided bread from heaven, manna, and he provided quail meat for them to eat. 
Let me just read real quick. Exodus 16, 4 and 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Daily, God provided manna, bread from heaven, for Israel as they walked in the desert, and he sustained them. He provides the things they need to meet their physical needs as they wander in the desert. Though Moses speaks for God and tells the people this has happened, it makes it very clear who's doing it. God will provide bread from heaven. He will rain bread from heaven, is what he says. And so Moses tells the people, Yet here, Jesus, he's the one that provides the bread. Here, Jesus looks up to heaven, gives a blessing and distributes and multiplies it out. Jesus meets the crowd's physical needs, indicating, tying into what Moses, what had happened through Moses in the desert. Indicating that one greater than Moses is here now. Jesus is tapping into that history. And I said this is a pattern, it happens two more times want us to consider. There's a, another instance in the, in the book of 1 Kings with the prophet Elijah. God did many miraculous things through him. Go read 1 Kings. It's great. There's all kinds of parallels to Jesus' miracles that are happening. God working through this prophet. And in particular, he feeds a starving widow and her son with unending bread. Let's read this. This is a little bit longer, so follow with me here. 1 Kings chapter 17. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this to Elijah, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, which is real close to where they're at, by the way, right now, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded the widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and, and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterwards make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent, the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent. Neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that spoke to Elijah. On the brink of death, a starving widow and her son are cared for. They're given unending bread by the Lord. They've prepared their last meal, the last of what they have, waiting to die of starvation. Yet God sees their need and he sends a prophet the, little, the widow offers her last, the last of her flour and her oil to the prophet and God replenishes it 
over and over again. The flour and the oil continuously is replenished until the rains return and the crops return and they can harvest for themselves again. From only a small amount of flour and oil, God made nearly endless bread to meet the needs of this widow and her son. It's a beautiful story. It's a constant reminder of God's compassion and provision. Chokes me up. Here, Jesus is doing the same thing. Jesus is doing likewise. He's taking what could never have been enough to feed 5,000 and makes it more than enough, unending practically. And it's clear. He's indicating that someone present, someone is present, he is present, one who is greater than Elijah, greater than the prophet of old. One last story, short one. This comes from the book of 2 Kings. The prophet Elisha, the student of Elijah, <laughs> uh, he's, he's presented with 20 loaves as an offering and he feeds 100 men, or the Lord feeds 100 men with it. Another miraculous feat. 2 Kings chapter 2, it says, A man came from Belshazzar, yeah, uh-huh, yep, I, I did that. I practiced that one too. Bringing the man of God bread, uh, bringing the man of God, God bread of uh, the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. And Elisha said, give to the men that they may eat. But his servant said, how can I set this before a hundred men? And he repeated, give them to the men that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left. So he set it before them, and they ate, and some was left according to the word of the Lord. An offering of 20 loaves and some grain was brought to Elisha, and he's instructed to, he instructs them to put it before a hundred men. The Lord is going to make it enough to feed them. What would not have been enough to feed a hundred becomes, and there will be leftovers. Sounds familiar. The servant, right, he responds just like the disciples did, right? Like, how is this going to work? This is clearly not enough. Like, I don't see the, I don't see the logic in this one. Elisha clarifies that the Lord is going to provide, that he promised he would, that there would be enough, that there would be leftovers. Just as the disciples were skeptical, and Jesus overcame that skepticism, multiplied what was not enough to be more than enough. All that ate were satisfied, and Jesus is reminding us that one greater than Elisha is present. All of this, all of this survey of the Old Testament, of God providing bread, of making enough, all of it is to remind us who Jesus is, what he does. Life with Jesus is life with the one who abundantly provides. He abundantly provides for our physical needs. And it doesn't always look the way we want it to, right? It doesn't always mean that we're going to get that need met in the way that we presume or we believe it needs to be met. It doesn't always match with our desires. But I would venture to guess that if most of us stopped and surveyed our situations, we noticed the roof over our head, a place to lay our head and food to put in our head, I guess, we'd realize God's provision in our lives. Our basic needs are met and we are sustained. Our daily bread is given. He's provided our needs, for our needs. And so as we've looked at our passage this morning, 
we've considered the rich history Jesus is tapping into. We see Mark further the illustration of who Jesus is, right? He's helping us answer that question. In feeding the 5,000, Jesus shows us he is the promised one of Israel, the one greater than the prophets of old, the one greater than Moses that they've been waiting for and been promised. He is the true shepherd that meets the needs of the people. And this is significant for us today because we all have needs that need to be met, spiritual and physical. And Jesus is the only one in history that can meet that spiritual need and the one that wants to meet our physical needs. When presented with a need, Jesus will, when we're presented with needs around us, Jesus will provide and help us overcome when we're over our heads. Life with Jesus is life with a good shepherd who sees the people as helpless sheep in need of teaching and food, in need of spiritual nourishment and physical nourishment, and he provides both. Literally, he had them out in the countryside with nothing, desolate, and he makes what is not enough into enough, into more than enough. And so, Alane Life, this week, let us find our rest in Jesus. Let us find our rest in Jesus who compassionately invites us to come away with him to a desolate place and find our peace and our rest in him just as he did for the disciples. This week, let us find our soul's rest in Jesus as we bring our spiritual needs to him, as we rest in his teachings, as we listen to him, as we sit and be present with him, just as the crowd did. And this week, let us find our physical needs met in Jesus as we seek him for our daily bread and our daily portion. Let's give thanks for the ways that he's provided in our lives. Will you pray with me?